0: Hey guys, thank you for stopping by our YouTube channel. My name is Daniel Voss, lead pastor of Mountain View Church. While I've got you here, I want to let you know, if you're looking for some inspiration or hoping to find a sermon and you've come to the right place, make sure you subscribe to this channel right now. That's right. Stop what you're doing and subscribe right now so you can stay up to date on all the fresh content. We hope to inspire you, keep you fresh with motivation, and we do not want you to miss a thing. So again, stop what you're doing and subscribe to this channel right now Uh, this weekend is what we call student takeover and what you just witnessed here on stage was our student band and we we are glad that we have a church that has the next generation people that can stand on stage and lead your children grandchildren your students to the throne room of heaven um, every single week we are thankful for that we are a next generation church. And what I mean by that is we expect the older generations, including my generation, to always be supporting and encouraging those who are coming on beside We need both generations of people in our church. And you have a lot of churches saying that, but I can tell you where they put their money at their mouth is, and that's who they allow on stage. Because if you want your students to feel significant, you have to give them something significant to do. And that's not just a cute little youth service in the middle of the week. That's a part of the weekend celebrations, and that's important here, that we always want to put our money where our mouth is and say, we believe in you, and we're gonna prove that we believe to you by bringing you up on stage so that you can minister to all ages and phases and stages. So that's the type of church we are because somebody believed in me when I was 16 years old. I didn't have no business being up here on stage, but they believed in me, and they gave me an opportunity. They gave me a chance, and I'm thankful that I can pass that down to the people who are behind us. So here, over the next few minutes, you're gonna have the opportunity to hear three of our next generation communicators. Three of our next generation communicators. And here's the thing, we're gonna have some fun with it. And they each have 10 minutes. Now you know that 10 minutes means nothing to a pastor, right? (laughs) Unless you've got a timer on the screen behind you that's counting down, and it has a buzzer at the end of it, then you know it's gonna mean something to you, right? So when they get up here to speak, they each have a part of a sermon. It's one sermon, but three individual parts, and uh, they're gonna be speaking to it. I, I ask that you do something for me, and that is that you fan their flame. You fan their flame. I want you to encourage them. I want you to, to say amen when it's appropriate. Say, oh, me, if that's appropriate, because there are gonna be some of that. <laughs> And just cheer them on. And all at the same time, let your heart be receptive to God's word. It's this going to be planted uh, uh, in your heart tonight through through them. All right, the first person we have up tonight is going to be Pastor Porfirio. You guys are familiar with Pastor Porfirio. That's good. Thank you. Thank Pastor you. Porfirio is my first unofficial official hire. That's right. Um, he just showed up one staff meeting and he's never left. He's I, not making that up. I but. really don't know if we've ever officially hired you or not. But we are glad that you're a part I, of our team. I signed the paper when you were looking. You signed it when yeah. I was not looking. Yeah. But we are proud of Pastor Porfirio. Pastor Porfirio Thank grew you. up here. Yeah. He grew up here. He started in the youth ministry, and now he's the pastor of student ministries. He is now uh, married to his beautiful wife, Rachel, and they That's have right. one son, Ezra. Yep. He's the and, best. And uh, we are thankful Nehemiah will be born next. We're just going to go through uh, all the major, minor prophets. Yeah, sure. Why not? I...
1: Do you know something I don't know? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, okay.
0: Would you help me welcome Pastor Bolfrio to the stage and let him know that you're glad to have this opportunity? When we talked about this, I don't remember
1: something about a 10 minute timer. I, I don't. Oh, man. Okay. All right. So, you know, with, with Thanksgiving, is that moving quicker than normal? Like, uh, I don't, all right. With Thanksgiving being right around the corner and, and getting the opportunity to be up here on this stage. I cannot help but just be so thankful and just so grateful for all the decisions and all the things that have happened in my life that have led me to this moment today. You know, we always say that, oh, be thankful for the past and be thankful for what's happened in your life. And I really just, I don't take this for granted. This is an honor, it's a privilege, and I'm so thankful. For the leadership and for Pastor Daniel to allow me to be on stage continuously, to allow me to hang out with you guys. Um, It's just so awesome to look back over the years and see how God has been working in my life. I started here as an eighth grade student, an eighth grader at Mountain View Church. That's crazy. And then I was a high schooler here, and I didn't know anything. I do not know what I was doing in high school. And then I was a college kid, and I, th- I think I was worse than in high school when I was in college. And then it got better, and then I was a volunteer, and then I was an intern. It's just so awesome, so awesome, so blessed to look back over the years and just see how God has been faithful, even in those moments of ministry when it was really hard. Because I'll be honest with you guys. Can we, can we be honest today? Is that all right? All right. I started here, and Pastor was not kidding. I just came on staff, and just I, I was just Here, I love this place, this is my home. And it was hard at first. Not because you guys are hard. I love you guys, you guys are awesome. But just figuring this out. You know, you're figuring it out, trying to learn, trying to get better, what's right, what's wrong. Am I good enough? Am I qualified? Is God really working through me? But it's so awesome to look back and see how God has been faithful over the years. So awesome to see that. Yeah, you can clap for that. Let's just be honest about something. It is so hard. It is so hard to think about what God has in store for us in the future when our current reality does not match up to the promises of God. We have been in those moments in life and I've been in those moments of life when we're looking at the past and the past has been hard. Our current reality is really difficult and it is so hard for us to imagine that God really is good and he's going to continue to be good in the future. We want to believe that God has our best interests at heart. But it's so hard to believe that sometimes when our current reality does not match up to the promises of God. Maybe you're in here today. Maybe your marriage isn't going the way that you'd hoped. Maybe you're in here today and your kids are not living out the life that you had wanted for them, the way that you'd prayed. Maybe what you see around you today is so difficult. Your current reality today is really hard. we're not sugarcoating it you're saying i'm struggling this is really hard for me and you have a very hard time believing that god has a pathway forward for you so maybe you're in here today instead of stepping into what god has for you into the future you are stuck in your current reality and you're dwelling on your past hurts saying i don't know if there is a path forward so what do we do when we are in those moments I'm gonna look at Joshua really quick, and we're gonna be looking at Joshua or, over the, the the next few minutes as. And the Israel people as they're about to cross the Jordan into the promised land. Because Joshua was faced with some very difficult decisions. What you have to know really quick, quick history right here is Joshua served during a transitional period in Israel's history. For the past 400 years, the people of Israel had been enslaved in Egypt. Then through a miraculous series of events under the leadership of Moses, they are set free. But then they spend the next 40 years aimlessly wandering the deserts honestly kind of complaining and just being really terrible about it. But Moses was an amazing leader and he led them out of slavery and they spent the next 40 years wondering, but now it was time for Joshua to step up. God told Joshua, Joshua, it is time to stop going around and around in circles. Joshua, it is time to stop wandering around aimlessly. It is time to step into what I have called you into. All of the less to this moment. So Joshua made the decision to say, we cannot stay here. He said, today is the day. Everyone say, today is the day. He said, today is the day to initiate change. And it all led to this moment. Let's read the scripture here together. Joshua was ready to move. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of him. Now the Jordan is a footstage stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priest who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distant away in a towel called Adam in the vicinity of Zerithon. And while the water flowing down to the Sea of Araba was completely covered, off so the people cross over opposite of jericho i know i went through that really quickly but i don't want you to miss what's happening right here i really want you to see this joshua and the israelites or the people of israel they're at the banks of the jordan river they see nothing but potential chaos in front of them they see nothing but an obstacle they see no future it's it's just obstacles it's how are we going to get across this river but then joshua says joshua says today is the day say it Today is the day. And watch this. As soon as the priest who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. I don't want you to miss this right here. Because it doesn't say they stepped. It doesn't say the water stopped flowing and then they stepped into the water. It says they stepped in the water and then the water stopped flowing. That is so good. Because how many times... Have you and I fallen into this lie that God, if the path ahead of me is not clear, then you must not want me to go there. God, if you really wanted me to persist, you wouldn't have made it this hard. God, if you really wanted me to stay the course, you would clear those obstacles. God, if you really wanted me to follow you, then you would show me a clear path. But I think a lot of times we look at this all wrong because by not stepping into what God has for us in the future, we are missing out on some of the best opportunities for growth in our lives. When our current reality does not match up to the promises of God and what we had hoped for, we cannot turn back and run away because there is more for us ahead and God will help us see victory. The scriptures promise us this. Check this out, Isaiah fifty-four seventeen. no weapon formed against you will prosper. Romans 16:20, the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. Romans 8:37, you are more than a conqueror through Christ who loves you. Philippians 4:13, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. When you are in the middle of it, we need to change our perspective to look and fix our eyes into the future and trust the promises of God. And we need to walk in faith. Because you know what happens when we do that? When we do that, we stop. Believing that turning back will be an option and we start believing that our greatest victories still lie ahead of us. As children of God, you and I are called to go forward. That's right. We are called to move forward. It takes faith to cross into new territory. It takes faith to break out of the circumference of certainty and wade into the waters of uncertainty. It takes faith to say, I've circled this mountain long enough, and it is time for me to cross over. It takes faith. Moses had faith to lead him out of Egypt, but Joshua had the faith to help them and lead them to conquer new lands. And that's the kind of faith that we want to have. So how do we do that? I have exactly one minute and 38 seconds to tell you. And you guys thought it was good? It's only getting better, all right? How do we do that? You ready for this? Instead of dwelling on the defeat of yesterday, we need to fix our eyes on the victory of tomorrow. So good. We cannot stay here. We cannot stay where we are We cannot stay stuck here. We need to look forward because something better is on the other side. Even though you don't know what it is, you need to give your faith something to look forward to, and you need to look forward to it in a faith church. It is time to stop making excuses and start making moves. (laughs) Making moves means showing up to every single mountain in front of you and by the sheer willpower that God has given you, seeing it turn to dust. Making moves means not making the excuse to live for God part-time simply because your current reality is difficult, but rather to say, I'm going to push forward no matter what. Making moves is saying, I've worked too hard to stay stuck where I am right here. Making moves means stepping out into the waters of the Jordan rivers in faith, believing that God's best for you is still ahead. That is making moves. Instead of dwelling on the defeat of yesterday, fix your eyes on the victory of tomorrow, church. It is time to stop making excuses and start making moves.
0: Great job, Porf. You always ask, how how did the chicken lay the egg on the road? He laid it on the line, and he laid it in a hurry. And that's the way you do it. That's right. Appreciate you, Porf. Our next uh, speaker this evening will be our... Preteen student directors, and uh, that's Miss Tiffany Hyland. Come on up here, Miss yeah. Tiffany Hyland. <laughs> <laughs> Tiffany is one of my favorite people in the entire world. Look at this smile. Just look at this smile. You, you cannot help but smile when Miss Tiffany is in the room. And she teaches our preteens, fourth and fifth graders yep. uh, every single week, four times over. So yep. we are honored and privileged for Miss Tiffany. She started the same way as a member and owner of Mountain View, then yep. a volunteer, um, then did our chapel program, and now she here is leading our Wednesday Night Movement Junior yep. and uh, the preteens. Come on up here, Tiffany. This right. is your popa tonight. Have Thank your way. Thank
2: you. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, church. Um <laughs> I just wanted to start off by taking a quick second and thanking Pastor Daniel and Pastor Poor for giving me the opportunity tonight to tell you guys why I'm thankful. And no, I'm not texting, I'm looking at my Bible app and my notes. (laughs) So I am thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my husband and my four crazy nuts and beautiful children. And I know some of you are looking at me and thinking like, oh my gosh, what was she thinking having four kids? Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> when my husband and I were dating, we um, had that conversation that every single couple should have before they get married. Haley, Louise. <laughs> Which is, how many kids do you want? So I told my husband, I want four to six. And he said... Me too. Now, I was really shocked when he said that. I thought I was going to have to fight for it because I grew up in a very large family, a ton of siblings, and my husband's an only child who grew up with two cousins. So it was very, very different. And uh, so when he said he wanted to have four to six, I was like, oh my gosh, the stars are aligning. This is like a come to Jesus moment, you know? And uh, so we had, um, we had our daughter, Tara, who's now 14, and then we had our son, Wesley, um, who'll be 12 tomorrow. And um, when, we, when we got pregnant with him, we found out he was a boy, and my husband tells me, oh, thank God, we're done. I was like, wait, wait, what? Wait, what do you mean we're done? What happened to four to six? And he says, oh, no, 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 I lied. I just said that. We're done. And I was floored, you guys. I was so upset because my heart's desire was to have more children, but my husband said no. And if one says yes, but the other says no, well, no trumps yes. So I was stuck. Have you guys ever been stuck in the middle of something? Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm grateful and I'm thankful, but it sucked. After 10 years of what Rev calls intense relational opportunities for growth, <laughs> it was arguing, we argued. <laughs> My husband finally came around to the idea of it. And uh, about this time in 2014, we got pregnant. And we were so excited, the second we found out, we planned our whole, started planning our whole lives around this new addition and um, I miscarried at about 11 weeks, yeah. And then about two years, oh, gosh, dang it, my mom was right. I said I wasn't going to (laughs) cry. About two years later, we tried again, and this time at seven weeks, we miscarried. And uh, it just really sucked because I knew my babies were with Jesus, but I wanted them so badly, you know. And now my husband didn't want to try anymore because of the pain of losing children. So, I mean, I was thankful my babies were with Jesus, but I felt cheated. Have you guys ever felt that way before? I mean, I know it's the season of being thankful and grateful, and don't get me wrong, I am grateful, but it's just so hard sometimes, you know? And, um, oh, I lost my place. Uh, For you guys, maybe you feel like you didn't accomplish much this year, but you're still here. You're still standing, you know, because with all of the challenges, all the ups and downs, and all the twists and turns, you've made it to this point, and you've endured. You're still here. Yeah. Maybe you feel stuck in the middle. Maybe your faith looks forward, but you're stuck in the middle. Have you guys ever thought that maybe it's in the middle where we meet God? Yeah. If we turn and continue to look at Joshua, um, we see them crossing over the Jordan River, and we see something really interesting happen is that the priest carrying the ark stop in the middle. Let's check that out in Joshua three. The priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. Now, we don't have a lot of time to go into the details of the Ark, but a few key notes is that it symbolized the presence of God and um, it was a box made of acacia wood overlaid with gold and on top, uh, there was two angels facing inward and it was here in the middle the mercy seat that God spoke. In Exodus, he said, I will meet with you there above the mercy seat between the two cherubim that are over the ark of the testimony. I will speak with you from there. So they stopped in the middle on dry ground and waited for the whole nation of Israel to pass by because with all the chaos swirling around them, it was there that the presence of God was in the middle. Now, what's so amazing about God is that he will always meet his people in the middle. He doesn't completely wait for you to exit your dysfunction and despair, he'll meet you right in the middle of it. And what's so amazing is we have another instance in scripture where this happens with Paul, when he's enchained and in prison. He is in the middle of his despair, literally in prison with no end in sight, and he starts to praise God in the middle of it. And what does God do? You guys, what does God always do? He shows up, right, In acts. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All of the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. You guys, if you wait for the end result to praise him, you will never get there because sometimes the miracle is in the middle. The floodwaters that should have swept over you this year didn't swallow you up. So praise God even in your middle because he's still faithful to you. So what do you do when you're in your middle, when you feel stuck in the middle? Well, we need to cross over. 10 different times he uses some variations of the words cross over. And there's going to be a time in your life, hopefully this year, where you decide to cross over to the other side. Because we need a faith that gets us through tough times, but we also need a faith that gets us over tough times. Because there's a huge difference between going through the Jordan River and crossing over the Jordan River. Some of you have gone through things, but you've never gotten over those things. They still define who you are. You know, um, if you instead choose to let go of your past, then you change your perspective and you start praising God for how faithful he's been before and how faithful he continues to be today. Let's look at Joshua um, after they crossed the river. Choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan from right where the priests are standing and carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. You see, this served a purpose. God didn't just want them to know what they've been through, but he wanted to know what they got gotten over. He wanted them to reach down into the riverbed and pick up the very things they could have died on. What was supposed to be their rock bottom now became their stepping stone. What was supposed to block their path was now a constant reminder of God's blessings on their path. So take the experiences that could have taken you out this year and start praising God of how how faithful he's been to you this year every experience you've gone through this year has prepared you for what's to come and you didn't choose it and you can't change it but with God's help you got over it so someone needs to say I'm over it I'm over I'm over sorrow I'm over shame I'm over depression I'm over guilt I'm over fear I'm over it now the story of Paul and Silas singing in their middle was always with me for my middle. You see, I sing worship and praises to God for everything, when I'm sad, when I'm scared, when I feel hopeless, when I'm happy, when I'm excited, literally everything. My weapon is a melody. And I was done being sad. I was done mourning my loss. And my husband and I decided to try one more time. And this time, if it didn't work out, we knew it was God's will for our family. Well, about a week later, something fell off. It didn't feel right, but we had just decided to start trying, so it was impossible. There was no way to tell, but curiosity got the best of me. So I went out, and I bought a pregnancy test, and it turns out God had decided for us before we decided ourselves, and two years ago, we had a happy and healthy eight-pound, six-ounce baby girl named Olive Rose. Yeah. And then this past June, God decided to bless us again with a very healthy 9-pound, 2-ounce baby boy named Thomas Lauren. Let's see him. Do you know how many shots it took to get all four of my kids smiling? Just one, because they got their mama's joy. You guys, when you are in your middle, make the conscious effort to call on God and to praise Him because He will heal your heart and He will give you your heart's desires because even in your middle, God is for you. Thank you.
0: Amen. You went through it. You might as well get over it. I like that, Tiffany. Thank you so much. Uh, Our our next speaker for this evening uh, is Hunter Perry. Hunter Perry is from the great state of Oklahoma, and he teaches our students. He's in charge of volunteering and discipleship with our students, and that would be 6th through 12th grade. Now, the unique thing about Hunter is uh, I've known his dad... um, so I was probably six, seven, eight years old, and my wife went to school with, with his mother. And so we've known this family for um, a really long time. But I want to tell you this, because I, I've been there in moments, Hunter, where everybody talks about they know so-and-so, and then you kind of feel like, did they, did they, did they hire me because they, they know so-and-so? Let, let me tell you this. Um, we hired you for you. Yeah, yeah. Not, not because of your parents, they're great parents, <laughs> and, and obviously that had a part of it. But we we hired Hunter Perry because we believe in Hunter Perry, Mm. and we believe in God's calling for Hunter Perry. So I want you to always walk in that confidence and walk in the legacy that has been passed down to you. Be appreciative of that, but celebrate the fact that you are unique because of who you are, not necessarily because who your parents raised you to be. That's an important part, we're so grateful for that, but you're going to walk in your calling um, especially here. We believe in the uniqueness. We believe in what we call that purple cow, mm-hmm. and that is who God placed his hand upon you, how he placed his hand upon you, mm-hmm. gifted you, shaped you, molded you. So uh, you're gonna bring up the last part. They've made it over the yep. Jordan River. So yeah. Hunter Perry, the stage is yours.
3: <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, first off, Rev told me that they were broadcasting, so uh, hi, Mom and Dad. Um, I hope you're watching, and if not, I totally understand. Uh, (laughs) But I am so glad to be up here and just to teach you guys. um, This is one of my favorite passages in Scripture, Um, and just to see how God's promise from a long time ago came to fruition right in this moment. Um, When you look in Genesis 12, God made a covenant with Abraham, and in this covenant, there were three key elements. The first element was progeny, Abraham's descendants, he promised that they would become a great nation. And the second part in this Genesis 12 covenant was a blessing. That Abraham's descendants would would enjoy the blessings of living in a relationship with God so that they could eventually become a blessing to other people. And this third promise is what we find today in Joshua 4, and it is land. Abraham's descendants would flourish in a land that God would give to them, And up to this point, it seems that God had been faithful in the progeny and in the blessing with providing people and providing blessing for him and all of the people. But it seems that they still are lacking their land. And this was approximately 500 years before Joshua 4. God made this promise and they've been waiting for a very long time. Time And then 40 years to the day, from this moment of the crossing of the Jordan, God rescues his people from Egypt on Passover and he opens the Red Sea and they walk across on dry ground. And so one thing that I can tell about this day is for the Israelites, this day is pretty important. They've been waiting for this day for a long time. The people of God have been waiting for centuries. And God was fulfilling his promise to Abraham through a man named Joshua, whose name in Hebrew was Yeshua, and that means Yahweh saves. And as we begin reading in Joshua 4, Tiffany actually read the beginning of what I'm going to read, but it is a dialogue between God and Joshua. And he says in verse one, when all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, take 12 men from the people, from each tribe a man, and commanded them saying, take 12 stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly and bring them over with you and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. So Joshua does as the Lord commands and he gathers 12 men from the 12 tribes and they go and gather the stones from the Jordan. And after all of the people After they all crossed over, the ones who were prepared for war crossed first, and then God commanded Joshua to call the priests out of the water. And as soon as the priest stepped out of the water, the last foot was out of the river. The water rushed back, and the cool thing is, as poor Fred earlier, it said this place called Adam, that's how far the water was spread apart, that was 18 to 20 miles away. So God had pushed this water back 18 to 20 miles. In the second they stepped off of it, it rushed all back. So that just, it blows my mind anyway, but also the priests had to stand there for hours. So they're like, thank the Lord we're done with this. Uh, But what's awesome is that the people of God were now in the land that was promised to them. They set up camp at this place called Gilgal before they went to Jericho. And Joshua gathers the 12 stones that these men bring to him, and he builds a monument with them. And in verse 21, Joshua says to the people of Israel, "When your children ask their fathers in times to come, what do these stones mean? Then let your, you shall let your children know. Israel passed over this Jordan on dry ground." For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea which he dried up for us until we passed over so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord our God is mighty that you may fear the Lord your God forever. And what we're going to ask ourselves today is the same question that Joshua poses to all of these people. He said, your children are gonna ask you one question. What do these stones mean? And for Joshua, These aren't just a pile of stones. Joshua builds this for remembrance. And the first thing that I think this power of remembrance has is you see that these stones bring community. The purpose of this memory was not just to point them backward on what God had done. He said that their children were going to ask them questions. So it wasn't just for the people that had come. It was for the people that were going to come. Not every person who followed God with this promise got to cross the river. The one that was made the promise to Abraham was long gone. Isaac was gone. Jacob, who was named Israel, was gone. Moses was gone. In other words, they're all dead. They didn't get to cross this river, but they held on to the promise because they had seen how God was been faithful in the past, so they knew he was going to be faithful in the future. So Joshua builds this so that they might acknowledge who came. Before them, but this deliverance wasn't just about those who came before them or even them now. It was also for those who were going to come after. This monument was to bring unity to all of God's people, past, present, and future. But what's really cool about this monument is that it also showcases the diversity in the midst of God's people because it's 12 different stones between 12 different tribes. So it brings them all together, but also showcases their diversity. So God was building a community through these stones. So at the end of the day, Joshua built this so that they could remember those who came before and those who were coming soon. And the second thing that I see from this monument is this remembrance signals fidelity. God cared for the patriarchs in Egypt and he led them across dry ground just like he did here. And these stones came from dry land in the Jordan where they could have died like Tiffany said. God not only demonstrated his power through parting the river, but by keeping his promise. And he remained faithful in the water, in his spirit that indwelled in the ark in this river. And the crazy thing is, is their very breath and their very existence depended on God's faithfulness to them in this moment. His entire people were crossing a river and in moments it could have crushed down onto them, but they knew that God was gonna be faithful. Joshua built this so that they didn't just remember the ones who came before or them now or the ones who would come next, but he also built it so they would remember how God has been faithful. So for us today, you know, it's an old story, long time ago, so how does it affect us Today, and the way that I think and believe that it applies to us today is that the whole of our lives, the whole of our history, the whole of our gospel rests on the weight of these 12 stones. And you might be wondering what I mean by that, but all of God's people can look back at this moment and remember how God used Joshua to save his people because we wouldn't be here today if he didn't cross this river. And you know what is really cool is that we get to look at this, but we can also look at it in a different perspective. Yeshua, Yeshua in Hebrew is Joshua, and it means Yahweh saves, like I said before, but you know what's really cool is when you translate Yeshua into Greek, it comes up as another name, and that name is Jesus. You know what's really cool is that we don't just have a pile of rocks to put our hope on. We have a missing body from a grave. And we don't have just a pile of stones. We don't have just a pile of stones that we can look to. We get to look at this one stone that was rolled away. And so Jesus just follows Joshua's example and gives us something to look at. And the purpose of these stones was for people to remember God's faithfulness. And the purpose of his resurrection is for us to see God's faithfulness. And we see the faithfulness of God in the past so that we can see the faithfulness of God in the future. So as I've all talked about it today, in this short amount of time, 10 minutes is not enough for me to unpack this whole thing. (laughs) But my one question for all of us today is will you look back and remember how God has been faithful to you so that you can know that he'll be faithful to you in the future? Isaiah 43, Says this when you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned, the flames will not set you ablaze. And I pray that we would be a people that would thank him for his faithfulness and always be in this state of gratitude, knowing that the very reason that we breathe and exist today, it's because of his faithfulness.
0: Amen. The point of our message tonight, what we want to convey to you is that we always need a faith that looks back, a faith that stands strong, and the faith that looks ahead, believing the best is always yet to be. We serve a God who was, we serve a God who is, and we serve a God who will be. Can we acknowledge that tonight? God has been faithful, God is faithful. And God will always be faithful. I don't know where you're at tonight on this journey. Maybe you're here tonight just celebrating what God has done, and you've got a great spiritual lineage that you want to be thankful for. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. Maybe you need a faith to stand strong because you're in the middle of your storm. You're standing in the middle of the Jordan River and you can see the, the, the waters, Lord, as they've been rolled back, but but the storm is still brewing. And you're waiting for other people to pass over. And you're wanting to make sure that you pass over safe with the other side. Or maybe you've made it to the other side and You just want to take a moment to say, God has been good to me and I want to acknowledge that tonight. Wherever you're at on this journey, we want you to know that God is faithful. The hardest place to ever be is where you're at. You do know that, right? The hardest place to ever be is where you're currently at. So celebrate what he has done, find the strength to stand strong as he is doing it and then look ahead for what he will do. If you've never given your life to the Lord, I want you to know that the greatest decision you can ever make in your life is placing your life in Jesus' hands. It's a simple transfer of trust from your ability to be good enough to the accomplishment of Jesus Christ on the cross. That is the gospel, is that you and I are sinners, but it's a good thing that God is a friend of sinners. And he came to this earth and died so that you and I would experience eternal life. It's a simple transfer of trust. From some God, I believe in your accomplishment and your death, burial, and resurrection. So here, as much as I'm able in this moment, I place my life in your hands. Father, we love you tonight. And we're so grateful that you have been faithful to us. We're so thankful that you are faithful to us. And we're so thankful to know that we can look forward with anticipation and expectation that you will continue to be faithful to us. So in this moment, Lord, we place our trust in you, our life in your hands. There may be some watching online right now that need to pray a simple prayer. Lord, as much as I'm able, I give you my life. I believe in your death, burial, and resurrection. I know that I'm a sinner, but it's a good thing that you're a friend of sinners because you died to set me free and to forgive me my sins. So right now, I place my life in your hands. You died so that I could live. So I trust in you and you alone for my salvation. Lord, I'm thankful to have the opportunity to pastor this wonderful church. This year, we just got numbers in late this evening, we actually received over 300 turkeys. 300 families in our community. That's the hands and feet of Jesus. That's discipleship in human form is taking what we have learned and then going out and showing it in the form of love. Thank you for our people who've caught the vision to be the hands and feet of Jesus. It's a place where we come and gather, but we are being equipped to scatter. Thank you for that, Lord, as we are fulfilling the great commission through the great commandment, loving God and loving people. It's in Jesus' most precious name we pray. It's in Jesus' name we praise. Amen and amen. Can somebody help me say thank you to these wonderful people tonight? Come on, somebody, give them a round of applause. Let them know that you're grateful for them. If you see them outside, drop an extra $20 in their pocket. The future is secure. God bless you guys, I love you. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving, and we'll see you next weekend. Hey, guys. Thank you for listening to this week's message. Do me a favor. If you enjoyed the message, subscribe, share, rate, and review and help spread how God is moving through our ministry. You can also support our ministry by investing in us financially at mvdotchurch/give. Thank you for joining us today. I hope to see you in person real soon. God bless.